I was reading something. You may be seated. I was reading something in, um, in scripture the other day, and I mentioned it on a prayer call. In Acts chapter 19, um, the scripture said that, that they were enrolled in the school of Tyrrhenius. Let me wait till y'all get situated. I need everybody's attention. Hallelujah. I can wait on you. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory. Um, in Acts chapter 19, they talked about how um, they were in a school of Tyrrhenius daily. Daily. Say daily. daily. Say daily. daily. What does that mean? Every day. And the scripture said that this continued for two years. Y'all get where I'm going? What we doing now, they did every day for two years straight. See, we want to move, don't we? <laughs> Me and Prophet Q was talking, and I told us, ain't nothing you can do. Ain't, you can't build nothing in two days. What can you build in two days, doing in two days a week? You can't build nothing. You can't build your body up. You can't worship. You can't get your education. Imagine going to get your law degree, Terry, and you only did it two days a week. Two days a week. Just two days a week. You'd still be in school, wouldn't you? There's nothing you can build doing two days a week. Now, we only have church twice a week. The scripture said they did this daily. In Acts chapter 2, they said they broke bread daily. We got to make a decision eventually. Is this our life? Is this the thing we're going to live for? Is it just a church thing? We got to make a decision. Even in regards to your destiny, we got to make a decision. Is it going to be a Sunday and Wednesday thing or is it going to be a daily? Daily bread, right? We want him to bless us every day, right? As children of God, of the most high, we have to realize that this is a daily walk. You should pray every day. You should be in your word every day. Because like I said, we're, once we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we moved out of earth. We no longer live here, Manushka. The Bible says we're pilgrims passing through. <laughs> this needs to be a daily thing. I don't know how we're going to do it, but it's, it, it needs to be a daily thing. Every powerful move that you've ever seen or that has, that has happened on earth is started with a group of people doing something daily. Day of Pentecost. Say so it was 120 of them on one accord. Can we get 120 people on one? Let's get 12. 120 people on one accord. <laughs> Praying. Seeking. And the spirit, boom. Bible said it came in like a rushing mighty wind. How do we get the father attention? Being on one accord and doing it daily. Amen. Just want to encourage you. And at the same time, I don't want us to think that 
this is something that we're going to, it's not a part-time life. It's not we live the life sometimes and then we got this other life we live too. The Bible tells us to walk in the spirit. He didn't say walk in the spirit and then get out the spirit and walk in the flesh and then get back in the spirit. Okay. <laughs> he said walk in the spirit and you would not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Fulfilling, the fulfillment of the flesh is because that's what we're walking in. So our focus has to be this is a daily thing. Amen. It's a daily thing. This is a lifestyle. Let's get to the word. How y'all feeling? Y'all look good too. The title of our teaching on today, uh, still coming from the, um, the series of Kingdom Essentials, learning about the basics of the kingdom, uh, because right now we don't have time to break down every part of the kingdom. We can spend a year just talking about seeking. Okay, we can spend a year just, just describing the kingdom. So we have to break it down in bits and pieces. And so the title of our teaching on today is going to be The Path to Wisdom. The Pathway to Wisdom. The Pathway to Wisdom. The Pathway to Wisdom. Who wants wisdom? Hallelujah. Now, wisdom is spiritual intelligence. It's a supernatural intelligence. All right, when we start to live in wisdom, what starts to happen is we start to live on earth with a focus on heaven. When we live in wisdom, we move from heaven's perspective. Amen? We move from heaven's perspective. So any given situation we run into, Father, how do you want me to do this? Because we are, we'll get an understanding that until we do it his way, Kirby, it don't work. It won't work. Am I right? Until we do it his way, it just won't work. And we can't be in the wilderness. We ain't got 40 years in the wilderness. <laughs> we ain't got 40 years in the wilderness. He had a set day he wanted them to arrive. It only took 11 days. Imagine this. It only took 11 days. And he looked at them and he assessed their mind, their heart, their soul, and said, yeah. It's going to take longer than 11 days. <laughs> it's going to take a little longer than 11 days. He assessed them and seen, if I, get, if I let them in, in 11 days to the promised land, they won't know how to live there. They, don't, they won't know how to live there if I let them in in 11 days. So we need wisdom in order to even live in the kingdom. Until we get a certain amount of wisdom, we won't even seek the kingdom. So we're going to talk about wisdom today because wisdom uh, is one of the most vital parts of scripture. It gives us insight. Until we have insight on wisdom, we can't live in the kingdom. We can't even function in the spirit realm. Now, I told you another name for wisdom is spiritual intelligence. When we started this church, I did a message called Church 101. And I told you, it's three reasons why we come to church. The first is so you can conform to the image of Christ. The second one is what? Spiritual intelligence. Because the Father can call you to do something, 
He could have you on a path, and if you don't understand his ways of doing the thing, you will do it your way, and it won't happen, and you'll blame him. While I'm seeking you, no, seek wisdom. <laughs> learn, you have to learn him. He said his thoughts and his ways are far from ours. So wisdom is an intelligence that belongs to the Father. It's an intelligence that belongs to Christ. And the Father wants to give us that wisdom. They're trying to give us that wisdom. They're trying to bequeath that to us. It's a part of our inheritance. Power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessings. It's a part of our inheritance. So our first scripture on the day, and we're going to come from the book of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 4, and we're going to do verse 5 through 7 for my note takers. And the scripture reads, get wisdom, get understanding. Don't forget or turn away from the word, from the words from my mouth. Verse 6, don't abandon wisdom. So he said, get wisdom, don't abandon it. It says, and she will watch over you like a mother. She will watch over you, which means you want to be under it, wisdom. It says, love her. Who are we talking about? Who is her? Wisdom. Wisdom is a her because wisdom produces. Wisdom has ovaries and eggs. Wisdom produces. It says, she will guard you. Verse 7, it says, wisdom is supreme. Say that. Wisdom is supreme, meaning it's the principal thing. It's the main thing. It's, it's, it's first in order. So that's why the scripture says wisdom is supreme. So get wisdom. Say get wisdom. Meaning acquire wisdom. Do whatever you have to do, but get wisdom. Why do we need to get wisdom? Because until we have wisdom, we can't live from his world. We can't live from the spiritual realm. So we have to get wisdom. And then it says, and whatever else you get, get understanding. And so we're going to talk about the pathway to wisdom. Because he said, okay, even if it's not wisdom, at least get understanding of it. So he lets us know before you can have wisdom, you must first have what? Understanding. Now, it's a couple different ways to get wisdom. Getting wisdom is twofold. Of course, we, we can ask for wisdom. We can just ask the Father for wisdom. Or we can seek it out. So we have permission to ask him. The Bible says, ask for wisdom, and he will give it to you. Somebody else has a mic they need to turn off? Okay. So the scripture said that we can ask him for wisdom, Chad, and he'll give it to us. But even when he gives us wisdom, he still has to walk us through understanding and knowledge. Or we can seek wisdom. And when we seek wisdom, we start off with knowledge then knowledge comes, goes to understanding, then understanding goes to, turns into wisdom. 
So the way it works is this. I acquire information, knowledge. That's all knowledge is, is information. It's information. After I have the information in my hand, I study it. Well, how do I get knowledge? Research. <laughs> so after I have researched the information, after I have gathered my scriptures, after I have gathered my information, now I study that. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. Any area of life that you feel like you're coming up short in or you lack understanding is because you have not gathered information. And I'm teaching this on purpose so you can grow beyond the pulpit. You don't have to wait on me to grow in a certain area. I applaud you, Terry, for, for doing what you did with the, uh, uh, with the communion. That's why God gave her a mantle. Six books. Five books. Researching. And so after you have studied, after you have taken that knowledge, that information you have, and you have studied that information, now you have understanding. And then from understanding, you want to live with the understanding. You want to practice the understanding. And as you live and practice the understanding or practice righteousness, what ends up happening is it becomes wisdom. And then from wisdom, we, we walk into revelation. Now, the issue that we have in churchdom, well, period, in the world, is that a lot of times we try to start at revelation. <laughs> we try to start at revelation. Oh, I got a God gave me a rep. No, he didn't. He gave you some knowledge or something. We'll quote a scripture. And not understanding that that scripture has layers to it. First, you get the knowledge because you see the scripture. But then after you break that scripture down, because every scripture in this Bible is a book of information. Every scripture in this Bible is a book of information. So after we have broken the scripture down and we have spent time with that scripture, now we understand the scripture. We live with the scripture. We walk with the scripture. And then the scripture is converted to wisdom, which means it becomes the way we live. We now live the scripture. We can teach on giving, but until you go back and study, a lot of the stuff I'm teaching y'all right now, I'm giving you understanding, but when you get it, it's in a form of wisdom. I mean, it's in a form of uh, knowledge. And what you're supposed to do is take the information and study it to show yourself approved instead of saying that you heard somebody say something and act like it's your information. It's not your information until you marry it, until you spend time with it, until you groom it. Until you fall in love with it. it's not your information. It's something you heard somebody say. And you don't want to live off saying what somebody else said. You want to live because you know. Not know in a sense of information, know in a sense of intimacy. This is my life. So what we're going to do today is we're just going to walk through the process and try to give you some, some uh, scriptures because this is a deep, never-ending subject. 
It's too many scriptures on knowledge. It's too many scriptures on understanding. It's too many scriptures on wisdom. It's too many scriptures on revelation for us to teach it in one message. So when we tell y'all to listen to that podcast, what we need to start telling you to do is study it. Because you'll put it in while you're driving down the street. But you're not, that's not studying. Take the scripture that I gave you, take it back home and break it down. See, you're going you gonna to earn this life. You're not going to walk in this life by listening to somebody who's anointed and who has wisdom. You're going to get your own wisdom. The Bible says do what? Wait, hold on. Wisdom is supreme. So what? Get wisdom. Acquire it. Do what it takes so that you can have it. Every person that I've ever studied, from Miles Monroe to Andrew Murray uh, to T.D. Jakes to uh, Peter Tan to um, um, Bill Johnson, I don't just listen to them people. I didn't just listen to them. I heard what they said. I took it back, looked in the scripture, because sometimes people quote stuff and they don't say it right. <laughs> You're supposed to study it. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. Nope, it don't say study to show somebody else approved. My studying don't approve Bruce. It don't approve my wife or my kids. They got to get it themselves. My wisdom is my wisdom. My life is my life. Because you know in this churchdom, it's important, you know, who you know, right? That's, that's how they, this ain't the world, but we treat the church like the world. Oh, I know T.D. Jakes. What that mean? <laughs> so, it don't matter who you know, what matters is your study habits. So we're gonna walk through this process. I'm gonna make it real quick and precise. But what I want to get out of this and what I want you to get out of this is get wisdom. But until you get wisdom, okay, focus on getting understanding. Okay, whatever you don't understand, get knowledge. So in any given area of your life, you can seek the scriptures. You can find every scripture that lines up with this thing and you can get it yourself. Amen. Amen. Colossians. Chapter 1, verse 9. It says, for this reason, also, since the day we heard this, we, have, we haven't stopped praying for you. We're asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, Paul is saying, look, I'm praying for you. But my prayers for you is that you will be filled with wisdom. Now, the only way to be filled with wisdom is to enter education. The only way to be filled with wisdom is to sit down at the foot of someone that has knowledge. It's no coincidence that the only time Jesus said in Scripture that he was about his father's business, he was sitting in the temple listening and asking questions. This is the only time. It wasn't when he turned the water to wine. It wasn't when he fed the multitude. He didn't say that was his father's business. 
When he was about his father's business, he was sitting in the synagogue with a, with a focus on getting knowledge. So then watch this. He did this at the age of 12 and 13. So that at the age 30, the, he can receive the spirit. And like I told you, the spirit will remind you. The spirit will teach you. But the, what the spirit would not do is research it. See, I killed your doctrine right there. The scripture ain't going to research. I know you think the Holy Spirit going to come and just download the Bible into you. And then he going to give you the scriptures as life. No. So he told me, he said, I want you to be filled with the knowledge of his will. But he don't want it to be carnal knowledge. He said, I want this knowledge to be in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So I want you to use this knowledge to understand the spiritual world. Why? Verse 10. So that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. So he's not just asking you to get knowledge for no reason. You need knowledge because your walk depends on it. And from someone who has wisdom and is mature, you can see when you ain't studying. Who threw that? I felt it. It hit me. You can tell. You can't hide it when you're not studying. You can't hide it when you're not praying. You can't hide it when the word does not rule your life. You can't hide that, especially in mature people. That's why I tell everybody in this church, you better grow. Because as we grow, what separates churches, and they say that you become cliquish, is you have a group of people who study and pray and a group of people who don't. In the church world, you have a group of people who are at knowledge and they, they don't want to move. You have a group of people who have no knowledge. You have a group of people who walk in understanding. You have a group of people who walk in wisdom. And then you have a group of people who walk in revelation. And we don't know. So what ends up happening in any given conversation, we all think we're on the same level. But all you got to do is this, is ask yourself how much time you spend studying. I love y'all too. So he's asking him to do this. He says he wants you to have knowledge in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk, so that you may bear fruit, and so that you may grow. Amen? 2 Peter 2 and 20. He says, for if having escaped the world's impurity through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in these things and defeated. The last state is worse for them than the first. But look what he says. For if having escaped the world's impurity through knowledge, how do we escape the world's impurity? Through knowledge. You keep doing the same thing because you don't know no better. <laughs> Until you get knowledge. And then the moment you get knowledge, there's a fight going on in your spirit. You ever read something in the scripture that you was doing? You said, ooh, oh. I ain't talking about that, you know, that preaching thing to come on. Okay. You ever been reading something in the scripture and then, like the Bible said, you, Jesus said he found himself, but you find it in the wrong way? You're like, I've been doing this the whole time. I've been doing it wrong. You did it because you didn't have the knowledge. 
That's why I say everything that happens in church, it ain't because of pride. Some of it is because of ignorance. Some of it is because you unlearned. Some of it is because you're carnal. But it's not always pride. Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, it says, May grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge. So grace and peace is multiplied to us through what? Knowledge. Just reading the word, finding the scriptures, grace and peace becomes multiplied to us. We abound and grow in our mind, in our heart, in our soul, just by getting knowledge. Why? Because knowledge is instructions. Everything that we fail at is because we don't know. Once we know, we can then excel at it. He says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So you don't just need knowledge in Jesus. <laughs> you need knowledge in God, which means you need knowledge in divine things. You need to understand his world. You need to understand his kingdom. You need to understand finances. You need to understand healing. You need to understand marriage. You need to understand sexuality. You ain't got time to be in nobody else's business. You ain't got no time to be worried about what's going on in everybody else's household. We ain't got no time to be worried about what other church is doing, what other ministries doing. We ain't got no time for that. Why? Because we need to acquire knowledge so we can get understanding because the word is telling us to get wisdom. And until we get wisdom, watch this. Everything that we want is dormant. Why? Because it's going to take wisdom to keep it. It's going to take, it take wisdom to keep marriage. It take wisdom to have a billion dollars, a million dollars, a thousand. It takes wisdom to build a household. It takes wisdom. And so the scripture is telling us, get it. Get wisdom. But before we get wisdom, we got to get knowledge. Verse 3 says, his divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the. Y'all going to work with me. I'm going to do it again. We're going to do it again. OK. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge. So it's available right now. Everything you need for life, <laughs> everything you need for godliness is available right now. You just don't know. And he said he did it through his divine power. So we're talking about DNA. I've given you my DNA. And with that DNA, all the angels see you a certain way. With that DNA, I've given you instructions. I've given you the entire fivefold ministry. With that DNA, he said, his divine power has given us everything, not some things. Everything that we need right now is in the word. It's available to us. All we have to do is search it out. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. That's a whole nother message right there. So we're going to move on. Ephesians chapter four, verse 11. 
through 13, it says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. For the equipping, mm, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach the unity of in the faith and in the knowledge. And in the knowledge. So he gave the fivefold ministry. Watch this, though. This is something I, I, I need you to see this. He gave the fivefold ministry, but in verse 12, it says, for equipping the saints for the work of the ministry and to build up the body of Christ. So he gave a fivefold ministry to equip who to do ministry? Say us. He gave the fivefold ministry to equip y'all to do ministry. To equip y'all to do ministry. Y'all the bodybuilders. The fivefold ministry is not the bodybuilders. The bodybuilders are you guys. You the one build up the body. We equip you to. By doing what? Unity. Getting us all on one accord. But the other part is knowledge. Knowledge of what? What did it say up there? God's son. <laughs> why do we need to have knowledge of God's son? Finish the scripture. How do, why do we need to have knowledge of God's son? We need knowledge to mature. So we're equipping you so you can mature. I ain't telling you not to miss church. I ain't telling you to study for no reason. You got to mature because in maturity comes your stuff. Because you, you don't give a house to a baby. <laughs> you don't give a car to a child. There's a certain maturity level. I tell my kids, look, I know I'm telling you keep your room clean. And you, even though you might not be hearing me, but it's going to affect you when you ask for a car. So, knowledge is researched information. It's general or common knowledge. Knowledge is simply science. It's something that we retrieve to study. That's why the Bible tells us to study to show ourselves approved, but it also tells us to study to be quiet. That don't mean shut up. Okay, I want y'all to think I'm telling y'all shut up. It ain't, it's telling you need to study to learn how to keep your soul quiet. Because everything people say don't matter. So you need to get in the word until you are sure of that word. So when people say something or something that goes on in your life, your soul can be quiet. Your soul is only quiet when you understand a thing. <laughs> because the object of knowledge is to get understanding. I'm going to say that again. The object of knowledge is to do what? Get understanding. The Bible says that his people are destroyed from a lack of. It's what you don't know that's destroying you. What's destroying the black community is what we don't know. We don't know if we humble ourselves and pray and seek his face 
and turn from our ways, that he'll heal. So we protesting. <laughs> Sit down, because your protesting is worthless. Because as soon as you put the signs down, they're doing the same thing. But when you don't know, you will do worthless things, things that don't matter. And it looks like it really working in a natural. <laughs> it looks like it's working, but it's not. He said his people are destroyed from what they don't know. You don't understand my world. How many times have you read the scriptures and Jesus said, have you not read? He asked the Pharisees, have you not read? Did you not see this? Why are, your, why are your disciples eating on the Sabbath day? Have you not read when David was hungry and he was in the temple, how he ate the bread? Have you not read? They did read. They just didn't have no understanding because they were so focused on law. And you don't focus, have understanding when you focus on law because you just worry about what's right and wrong. You ain't worried about developing. You ain't worried about growth. Law is only for what's right and wrong. And if you do it right, you get a reward. If you do it wrong, you get a penalty. So we don't care about no gray area. <laughs> we just want to make sure we get it right. And that's why the difference between religion and relationship. In relationship, we don't have to get it right all the time. Matter of fact, in relationship, we don't expect it. In marriage, the Bible says to dwell with your wife according to knowledge. So let's take that into a little wisdom. If we have to, husbands have to do, have to dwell with their wives according to knowledge, which means if she don't know, be quiet. Or that's what the Bible said, wash her with the word. If she don't know, show her. Now let's take a little wisdom in that. Are we not the bride of Christ? So how does he dwell with us? According to knowledge. <laughs> so that ain't, now we're not just talking about rebukes and whoopings. We're talking about stuff we pray for. He dwells with us according to knowledge. You're ready for a spouse when I have your life. All right. Move. So the object of knowledge is to get understanding. If, un if, if knowledge, if you stay at knowledge, Paul said knowledge puffs up. Knowledge make you think you understand something that you don't. Knowledge will make you think you walk in a wisdom that you don't. Knowledge will make you think you have a revelation that you don't. He said knowledge puffs up. Oh, I know. You have been talking to somebody? I know. Oh, I know. I, I ain't trying to give you knowledge right now. I'm trying to give you understanding. I know you know, but do you understand? Which means, is this a part of your life? Have you did this thing and got results? So we want to move from knowledge to what? Oh, whatever, 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 whatever. We want to move from knowledge to what? Now, the reason why you want to do this is because understanding increases your value. 
it increases your worth. We were talking the other day. I was telling somebody, look, when, if a child wants to play sports, you don't have to be the, the next LeBron James. You don't have to be. Okay, but understand this. When you play a sport, you need the knowledge of that sport. Am I right? Okay, if you adhere to the knowledge of that sport, do you know it's some players who play on teams who never get to play? And they sit at the end of the bench? Huh? But do you know something about that? They become the greatest coaches and GMs. Because their knowledge of basketball Turn, because it had to sit, it turned to understanding. You know who make the worst coaches? The best players. Because they have a supernatural thing about themselves that everybody else can't do. Everybody else don't have the tenacity of Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant. They don't have that killer instinct, I'm going to rip your heart out. <laughs> so you want to go from knowledge to understanding. Once you have understanding, you don't have to play. You don't have to, you don't have to be the place to play on the team, but you can run the team. You can run the organization. <laughs> because why? You didn't, you didn't get upset and quit the team because you weren't getting playing time. You, was, you realized it's a team. <laughs> it ain't about me. And so you gain the understanding and the camaraderie. Now you know how to keep people together. When the player only know how to score. It's a difference between if you are a great student, you will become a great teacher. Great students become great teachers. Lousy students can't teach because they already think they know. <laughs> and knowledge does what? Puffs up. We need knowledge because if we don't, the scripture said we'd be destroyed. But you want to go from knowledge into understanding. I tell singers this all the time. We got several in here. It's a difference between knowing singing and understanding. Okay? I'm going to tell you how you increase your value. I'm helping you. You can know how to sing, but when you, understanding, when you understand singing, you can be a vocal coach. <laughs> your value just increased. See, that's what happened with TLC. I'm just telling you the truth. Only talent they had was singing. And so they sung, but they didn't write the music. <laughs> so they got so much music out here, but they don't have no money for the music. Why? Because they didn't write the music. Because you know who gets paid? The person who does the music and the person who writes the song. The person who sings the song does not get paid. There's no portion of music allotted to people who sing it unless those two parties who wrote the song and made the song decide to give you some. <laughs> Even when I was in school. So watch this. Let me so if you are a singer, you should know how to be a vocal coach. You should know how to write music. You should know how to produce music. Why? Because you're in that element. I tell rappers all the time who come to the studio, bro, don't just learn how to rap. Learn how to produce your music. 
Learn how to record because you can always rap. You can always write a song and record a song. But if you know all that other stuff and now you see now you see what you see is a lot of rappers griping. The industry robbed me. No, they didn't. All you had was some lyrics. You didn't have a beat. You didn't have the studio. <laughs> you didn't have the entertainment lawyer. You didn't have the marketing, the management. We paid for all of that. All you did was get behind the mic and say some stuff. You ain't worth what you think you're worth. But you're not worth it because you don't know. When we was in school, they had this big bicker and beef uh, 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 about the difference between a beat maker and a musician. Now, a beat maker, musicians don't, they, 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 they don't like them, okay? They don't like them. Me, I don't really care. Okay, I think it's talent is talent, right? But a beat maker is someone who can take a computer program and make music. Musicians don't like that because they want you to, you should be able to play the drums, you should be able to play the guitar, and they feel like it's cheating for you to go on here, take a sample, and play a guitar on a keyboard. But the thing about it is, is a musician is more valuable than a beat maker because you can call on them to do anything and they have a knowledge of how to do it. When you understand instrumentation, it's different from when you don't. So what that means is I can call you up to a place that I can't call somebody who just makes a beat. And it's more valuable. Right now, we're looking for musicians. You got to pay them. So the more you know, the more you have understanding, you increase your value. Amen? Now, Proverbs. Let's go into understanding. Proverbs. Chapter 4, verse 1. He says, listen, sons, to a father's discipline and pay attention so that you may what? So that you may gain understanding. He said, listen and do what? Pay attention. How do we gain understanding? This is what Jesus said. He was about his father's business. What was his father's business? Listening and paying attention. <laughs> we think the father's business is preaching. It's not preaching. It's listening and understanding so that what we can gain listening and paying attention so that we can gain understanding. This is the difference between a disciple, a student, a pupil. When Jesus, even in his ministry, Jesus would speak parables, Q, to the masses. Am I right? But then when he got with his disciples, he would explain it. So when he would talk to the masses, he would give them a general knowledge. But then when he got with his disciples, those who were committed, he gave them an understanding. Why? Because this is, this is the, this is the uh, uh, thought process behind that. If you don't want the, the kingdom would never come to a person who don't want it. The kingdom will never come to someone who don't seek it. Wisdom is not going to come find you. He said, he said to you, 
He said, to, to you, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to them, I speak in parables. But look at his reasoning. So hearing, they won't hear. And seeing, they won't see so that they cannot be saved, so that they cannot be delivered. He said, if you're going to be saved, if you're going to be delivered, if you're going to get this kingdom, you're going to seek me out. You're going to sit at my feet. You're going to get your pencil. You're going to get your paper. And you're going to take down this information. And then you're going to go home and you're going to study that. That's the reason why he would tell them the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of God is like yeast. What is he doing? Go study yeast. When you study yeast, you'll understand the kingdom. When you study the mustard seed, you will understand the kingdom. It's a blanket statement. But what it requires you to do is investigate. It requires you to investigate. He would find times when they lacked understanding and he would turn that into teachable moments. He gets in the boat. He tells them, Shoshone, he said, beware of the leaven of the Sadducees and Pharisees. What did they say? Is he mad we didn't bring no bread? Did he say that because we didn't bring the bread? He had to tell them. He said, wait, look, look, look. Look, we just had 5,000 people. I just fed 5,000 people off a of little boy's lunch, and you asked me about bread. <laughs> Did you not just see me feed 5,000 people with bread, and you thinking I'm talking about bread? No, he was speaking a revelation to them. But they couldn't get it because they did not understand his mind. Because while he was on wisdom and revelation, they were being introduced to knowledge. That's why he had to tell them, you're going to need new wineskins for this. <laughs> We're not going to be able to use them old wineskins. That's why I don't believe in just taking this message, sonship, the orphan spirit, into this. I don't believe in just taking this and putting it in the ministry because it don't work. It don't work. I had someone ask me to come teach, uh, teach about the orphan spirit. I told them, no, I'm not. Because you have to change the whole foundation of your ministry. Because once you teach the orphan spirit, the orphan coming out. And if you don't have the protocols in place, the love in place, the teachings in place, it's going to turn a church hurt. But we want to be glamorous. We just want attention. We don't care about the people. We just want people to come see us. We don't care about the folks. No, you need new wineskins for this stuff. Whoever your old pastor was, cancel him. This ain't gonna work with them wineskins. If it didn't start, let me, let me stop, okay. No, I'm not gonna stop, I'm just saying I'm gonna stop, but the next scripture gonna really, okay. Psalms 199, 119 and 99. It says, I have more insight than all my teachers. Insight is understanding. For your testimonies are my meditation. Why does he have more insight than all his teachers? Because the, the, the testimony from heaven is what he meditates on. See, you won't meditate on knowledge. 
You meditate on understanding. Understanding will have you daydreaming. It'll have you daydreaming. When you really understand this thing, oh, come on, I'm telling you. It'll have you daydreaming, just thinking about, oh, man, I've been missing out on this all Let me, uh. the next verse, it says, I understand more than those who are old or elders because I have con- complied with your precepts. Now, David is saying all this based on the fact that he's a learned person. He's basically saying, look, I understand more than all my teachers. And the reason why is because I started with precepts. I didn't start with a denomination. I started with your precepts. I started with your mind, how you think, your heart. That's the strength of this ministry is our precepts are on point. We start with the heart of the father. What is the father saying? Every time I talk to someone and, and religious folks, I'm going to get in a fight one day, okay? I just need y'all to bail me out, okay? Jesus didn't say worship him. Why is that a hard concept? Why you got to argue with people when it ain't in the Bible? Jesus didn't say worship him. Jesus didn't say pray to him. He didn't say come to him. He didn't say, I'm not bringing you to me. I'm the way to the Father. I'm the truth about the Father. I'm the life in the Father. The Bible says he's the door. <laughs> when you open the door and go through, you had a family and a community and a whole nother life, but you want to stay at the door singing songs. We worship you and hoping that that door open and you're going to go to heaven. Because what? You lack understanding. Why? Because your precepts off. You don't understand the mind of the father. You still worry about the mind of God. God wants to be a father. He ain't interested in being your God. He was God all by himself before he created everything. He was already God. He's not interested in being your God. He wants to be your father, and he wants you to brag that your father is the almighty. It's a difference. (laughs) It's a difference from being a fan of LeBron and being LeBron's child. (laughs) It's a whole other lifestyle. For you say, I met LeBron, and his son to say, I live with him. <laughs> it's a difference to say, I got LeBron's jersey, and to say, he, he bought everything for me. <laughs> it's a difference. The DNA, that's the difference. <laughs> it ain't no, it, Jesus had, how many disciples Jesus have? I'm waiting for y'all done. Y'all done? Just answer the question. <laughs> All right, so what'd you say? It was 70 plus 12. <laughs> Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 10. If you see it, Luke chapter 9 talks about the 12, and then Luke chapter uh, 10 says he sent 70. Okay, now, he had 82 disciples, but only, twi- but only 12 apostles. 
Because he made one statement and 70 of them left. So out of 82 disciples, he sent 12. He gave 12 permission to understand the mysteries. He invited 12 to wisdom. Out of 82. It's the precepts, y'all. Once you have the proper precepts, I understand what David mean when David said, I have more understanding than all my teachers. I have more understanding than all my, now watch this. I have, I have more understanding than all my teachers. Every man I've set up under, I have more understanding than all of them. Now, watch what I just said. You, did you hear what I said? What I did not say is I know more. They all know more Bible, but we're not into the knowing Bible game. Okay, we're not trying to be theologians, and it shouldn't be called theologians. We call Bibleologians, whatever, because they just learn in the Bible. You don't have to know the Bible, but what you do have to know is the precepts. You have to know the main story in the Bible. Long as you know that God wants to be a father, the story makes, the Bible makes sense. It don't matter how many books you take out. They all connect to that storyline. Long as you know that God wants to be your father, you're supposed to be a child, and he wants, to, wants you to have a kingdom, that's the precepts of scripture. You don't need to be able to say every, all 66 books. You don't need to know the whole Bible. You need to know what is his precepts. You don't need to know concepts. Healing is a concept. It ain't a precept. He didn't do this so we could heal. Healing came with salvation. Because of the curse, some would get sick. <laughs> I told you, Jesus was playing B. Jesus wasn't playing A. We weren't supposed to get sick. You don't need to know the Bible. You need to understand the stories in the Bible. You need to understand God, the Father's message in the Bible. It's a, it's a difference between the Bible and the Word of God. The Bible is the book, and you can learn, you can learn Lamentations. You can learn Leviticus. Who read Leviticus? Okay. That is, a, that, is a that is the hardest book in the Bible to read. That is the... And you will feel like if I don't, that's why, look, this is the wisdom that the Father gave me when it came to studying the Bible. And I felt wrong. Sometimes you will hear something in the Spirit, and you will think you're off. And the reason most of the time, because you hang around religious folks. All right? The Father kept telling me, don't read the Old Testament. Just read the New. Don't read the Old Testament. Just read the New. Don't read the Old Testament. Just read the New. I kept reading the new, kept reading the new, kept reading the new. Then he said, now nah, read the old. Because you need to know the covenant that belongs to you before you learn a covenant that don't belong to you. Or you will start trying to live the Old Testament and the New Testament at the same time. And that is how you become schizophrenic. That's how bipolar sets in. Because you're trying to be a child and you're trying to walk in the law. <laughs> And you can't. 
So read, I, th- I think I told some of y'all that. Don't read the Old Testament first. Do not spend your time in the Old Testament before you get in the New Testament. Read the New Testament about 10 times, 10, 15 times, then study parts of the Old Testament. Because you need to understand your covenant because your faith ain't in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. Amen? First John 5 and 20. It says, and we know that the son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know the true one. We are in the true one that is in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. So the scripture says, and we know that the son of God has come to do what? He has come. And has given us understanding. So every message he preached, he was introducing us to his father's household. He was trying to give us understanding about the kingdom. That's why he kept saying the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like that. The kingdom of God is like this. He constantly talked about his father and the kingdom. What should your focus be? the father and the kingdom why because that's all jesus talked about this is what he wanted you to have understanding because that's the life the life is in a relationship and the kingdom the relationship is who we belong to it's our origin it's where our dna lies the kingdom is where we live how we live and the expectation of how he wants us to function in earth so he says and we know We know now. He said, and we know that the son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know (laughs) the true one. So the first no is the word Edo. It deals with perception, what we perceive. But the second one deals with Gnosko deals with so that we may become acquainted. So he gives us understanding so that our knowledge can be based on what we understand. So our knowledge can be an intimacy with him. Like everybody can say, who in here know Dr. Hardy? Raise your hand if you know Dr. Hardy. Huh? Everybody here know Dr. Hardy. They know that she exists, right? Okay. Y'all always worry about the little trick question. Just answer the question, all right? Everybody worry about getting it wrong. I think y'all got a little legalism in (laughs) y'all. Uh, uh, put that little short arm down. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but he gives us knowledge, okay? And so he's saying, look, we know. We can look in the scriptures and we know. We have a knowledge. We can perceive that, that the son came for this reason, to give us understanding so that our knowledge can be based in understanding so it can be intimate. So when we approach the father, that's why I tell y'all, when you pray, start off with adoration, Start off with a relational conversation to remind yourself who you're talking to. Because everybody don't know that he's a father to them. Some people know it in knowledge, and we can look in the scripture and say, God is my father. But when it get tough, <laughs> when the pressure come, do you know he's your father? Do you know he's for you? And so you don't have to worry about who's against you or you just quoting the scripture. Which no is it? Which no we working with? 
Do we know that he's going to give us all things freely? Or we just quote it. What is all things? There you have it. If you don't know what all things are, <laughs> then that means what? I need to do a study so that can resonate with my spirit. So I'm not just reading the scripture, saying something, but I have no idea how to apply it. All things is healing, right? All things is prosperity. All things is life, good relationships, love, peace, joy. He's given us all things. He said, if I, if I didn't spare my son, that's how deep it is. See, that needs to become a heart condition. You need to understand if he, if he would kill his son, that's, that's saying enough, but we, we got to take the scriptures with understanding. It just can't be something we quote. Amen. Ephesians 1 and 18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened understand that you may receive understanding that's what enlightening means i pray that the heart that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the mighty works working of his strength now do you know that Let me read it again. He said, I pray that the hearts, that, that your heart, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know. He wants you to be able to see it, but see it with understanding. It's a life. He wants you to know what is the hope of his calling. Do you know what, what is the hope of his calling? Do you have a knowledge based on understanding, which means right now, can you explain it to me? Do you know what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Do you know that based on understanding? Because if you don't know it through understanding, then that means you can't acquire it. You can't even go after it. Study to show yourself approved. Do you know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? Do you know what is the mighty works of his strength? It has to become more than information. It has to become more than the scripture. This has to be understanding for it. Look, this, he said he prayed. He said he prays that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened, that it will receive understanding so that you can have a knowledge of this thing. Now, why do you need a knowledge of it? So you can live it out. So he's saying, take this stuff, study it, but then I want you to not just study it, I want, to, I want prayer with it. I want fasting with it. I want faithfulness with it. So that it can eventually become a lifestyle because understanding is given to us so that we can have wisdom. Why is understanding given to us? Until you have understanding, you can't trust him. 
Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. <laughs> In all your ways, acknowledge me. Which means get rid of your knowledge. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In how many of your ways? All. And then he said, I'll do what? I'll direct the path. Soon as you understand, soon as you stop leaning on your understanding because it's going to fall, and soon as you acknowledge me in all your ways, I want your heart, your mind, your soul. Love the Lord with all your mind, heart, soul, strength, and understanding. That's the formula. That's how you show him you trust him. Father, I don't understand. You know what you're a candidate for? to receive the knowledge to go study and get it. Because even if he gave you the knowledge for it or the understanding for it, you still have to go back and seek scripture and align it with it. That's how you know you heard from the spirit. That's how you know it's spiritual wisdom. You hear him say something, then you go back and you find the scripture because he's going to point you directly to it. Because wisdom is understanding heaven's perspective. We were sitting in a, um, a marital counseling session. And one of my prayers is, Father, as a husband, as a parent, give me wisdom. As a man, period, give me wisdom. But we were sitting in a marital session, counseling session. And I've always prayed for the Father to give me wisdom when it comes to being a husband. Because I've seen so many men mess it up. Not just mess up marriage, mess up women. I seen men mess up women so bad, they, they start dating other women. <laughs> Can't do this no more. I've seen it. So my prayer was, Father, give me wisdom as a husband. And I've been praying about it since we got married. Give me wisdom as a husband. And so he would tell me to do little things as a husband. And I would just follow through with, follow through with it. And so fast forward. Uh, we're in a, a marital counseling session, and I always ask this question in marital counseling sessions. If you've been in one with me, you already, you know, how, are you soulmates? I always ask couples that, are you soulmates? Sometimes, most of the time, yeah. Sometimes I think so. Sometimes I say, nope. I say, well, okay, well, let's just keep going. <laughs> For the sake of the counseling session. <laughs> and so, when I do that, I begin to tell them, if this is how you'll know that they're your soulmate, there'll be a love, a bond, okay? But that love, but the, the thing about my wife that she did to me, that no other woman, she just had my heart because she belonged to me, okay? And if you don't love someone, you can't be there with them while they grow. So I would ask them, are they soulmates? And I would tell them, this is how I know if you're a soulmate. These are three things you have to do in your, in your relationship, in your marriage. First thing you have to do is repair. Then you have to build, and then you maintain that. 
You have to repair because you don't know where your spouse came from. You don't know the things that went on in their household. And if y'all going to become one, y'all need to repair one another. Or you're going to get deep into the marriage and y'all going to start dealing with issues from childhood. Okay. Then I said, after y'all have repaired one another, because we all got issues, I'll tell it. Somebody programmed you. Somebody programmed you. Your attitude, the way you think, somebody programmed us. The household we grew up in programmed us, didn't it? It's our affinities, our aversion, all come from our household that we grew up in. And so I said, you have to repair one another. After you repair one another, build one another. Find out what they're great at and push them into it. I pushed it. If you can see her bare skin on her back, both my handprints in it. I pushed her to be a doctor. I pushed her in her destiny. Why? Because she's mine. If you mine, I'm going to push you in your destiny. Y'all in here, y'all mine. I'm going to push you into your destiny. Whether you like it or not. If you don't like it, just get away from me. That's all you got to do. Just get, get away from me. But if you in my presence and you under me, I'm going to push you into it. Ain't that right, Tremaine? <laughs> I get on his nerves. I know I get on Tremaine's nerves. I know I get on his everlasting nerves. I know I do. What you saying? Oh, I'm just making sure. <laughs> so we in the middle of this thing. I tell him, I say, the first thing you do have to repair. The next thing you have to do is build. And then after that, you just maintain it. But then I tell him, this is how you know if someone's your soulmate. Because if you won't build them and you won't, if you won't repair them and you won't build them, then you don't love them. Plus, that's the strength of the relationship. That's the strength of the relationship, the repairing and the building. I don't care who walked, I didn't repair you, I didn't build you, get out of my face. That's the only one right there for me. The one I repaired, the one I built. Now, we're teaching this in a marital counseling session. In the middle of it, Terry, a guy stops me and says, wait. If I didn't come here today, where would I get this information from? I said, I don't know. I got it from him. Just because I, I wanted wisdom as a husband. Now, that same wisdom that he gave me is what she used for her practice. Wait, hold on. How much of it compared to your doctrine did you use here compared to your doctorate degree? And the rest of it is what y'all get at Divine Generation Church. When a father gives you wisdom, when he gives you understanding, when he gives you knowledge, it's something that the world ain't got. So it's a price to pay for that. Unless you're part of the church. <laughs> that man asked me, he said, where would I get this information from? I said, I don't know. I, I got it in prayer. I got it by simply asking the father, Father, I just want to be a good husband. 
And during the time, he would show me, do this, say this. Don't respond like that. Do it this way. And I took note. And we would be in a counseling session, and I'd be speaking things, and it would be sometimes the people stop and they'd be like, we should have recorded this. <laughs> it don't be me. It'd be the father speaking to me to the point where we were doing marital counseling sessions, and from my mouth, we did a whole rubric. Just him showing us through wisdom on how to keep marriage. In any area of our life that we want wisdom, all we have to do is seek him for it. But like I told you, you can ask him for wisdom, but he's going to still walk you back through understanding. He's going to still walk you back through knowledge. Jesus goes to eat with the sinners and the Pharisees. Do he, he don't know what type of people them are? Well, look, I didn't come. The, the physician is not here for people who are whole. I came for the sick people. Then after that, Jesus says, wisdom will vindicate itself. You don't see why I'm doing this, but it's a wisdom of why I'm sitting here as the son of God and I'm eating with people that y'all think are disreputable. To vindicate the father. It's a difference in wisdom. Wisdom is how we walk in the kingdom. It's a difference between walking by faith and walking by sight. When you walk by sight, you only have knowledge. When you walk by faith, you're walking by the spirit realm. That's why I told you a lot of these conversations that we keep having, somebody will come to me and I'll be like, no. Faith, not sight. They'll come to me, well, this is what I see. No. You know what that means? That you have not lived with that long enough. You have not lived with the walk long enough and you still only see scriptures, but your eyes ain't closed to the world. Remember, when Adam ate the fruit, both of their eyes opened. <laughs> now, y'all show up here every Sunday so I can close your eyes. Every Sunday, I'm trying to close your eyes to this world and open it to his. I'm closing. Really, I'm done. It's the difference in, no, I'm not. Dang. Got more scriptures. It's the, it's the difference in hindered prayer. How many of y'all know the Bible says that if I stay mad at my wife, my prayers are hindered? Now, if that's, you see that? Did y'all see that? Did y'all see that? And I'm glad the Holy Spirit gave me some stuff for that. I'm glad she said that. Y'all see that what she just did there? Okay. Now, if that applies for the head, then it applies for every, everybody else, right? It ain't just for me. If, 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 if I stay upset with her, he said, your prayer is going to bounce off the wall. So it's the same thing she stay upset with me, right? It's the same thing if the kids stay upset with me. It's the same thing if y'all stay upset. That's why Satan is always trying to get y'all mad. This is why he's always trying to keep you upset because he has a wisdom and he understands how the word works. So long as you got beef with apostle, you can pray all you want to. It's going to bounce up and down in, in your room, your prayer room, like that. Until you let it go, it'll go through. 
But the thing is, you need a wisdom in that so you can stop doing it. Because it's killing your faith, and you don't, and the reason why it's killing your faith is because you're praying for stuff, but you got a bad heart. And you don't know that the wisdom of scripture says that as long as your heart like that, I can't even answer you. It's a wisdom to it. Solomon wanted wisdom so bad that the father came to him and said, I'll give you everything you want because of your desire for wisdom. Proverbs 24 and 3, I'm closing. It says, read that. I want y'all to read that together. Don't you love it when the word just do it to you? A house is built by wisdom. It ain't built by knowledge. A house is built by wisdom. And it is established by understanding. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with every precious and beautiful treasure that preached by itself. Proverbs 3 and 13. Read. So we need wisdom to build and we need wisdom to be blessed. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom. Who finds wisdom. Not who has. Who finds who gathers knowledge, then studies it, then gains understanding and lives by the understanding, practices what they understand until they walk in a wisdom. And from that wisdom, you can build. Amen? Now, like I told y'all before, okay, this is the path to receiving everything you want. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this and I'm done. Now, any area of life that you want to increase in, what do you have to do? Seek wisdom. But first you get the knowledge of it. Okay? Research. I want to know what it means to be a good husband. What do I have to do? Go in the scriptures Find every scripture that talks about me being a good husband. Study it. Practice everything that I'm studying until it becomes my lifestyle. Now, I'm done. But I want to give you this understanding about this thing. Ask, seek, find. The scripture said, if you ask, you will do what? Oh, was that my baby? You said that? Okay, I'm messing with you. <laughs> if you seek, you will what? If you knock, the door shall be open. Now, that's in succession. Okay? So this is what you do. You ask the father for something. I'm going to use my... You ask, let's say you ask the father for a spouse. Amen? So now, you receive it. 
Now you got to take your spouse and you have to seek him with what you just received. Once you seek him, you will find. Then you take what you found and you knock so the door can be open. The issue with this is we ask for something, we receive it, and then we forget about the one we, that gave it. <laughs> because if I ask him for money, I receive the money, what do I have to do with the money now? Whatever, we'll do it again. So if I ask him for money and I receive money, now what do I have to do with the money? Seek him. Seek him with the money. And then I'll find what he wants me to do with the money. Now, after we've went through that for so long, I can take what I found through me seeking him with the money, and then I can knock with it. That's when the million dollars come. Somebody quit. Somebody just said it ain't worth it. That's when a million dollars come. It's not pray for a million dollars and he just drop it on you. No, it's a developmental process. You ask him for it, you receive it. Then what you receive, you seek. When you seek him, you're going to find out this. And then once you find out this, because the door is always your destiny. I take my wife. You can come up here, come on, because you're going to come up here anyway. I take my wife. I seek him for, for a spouse, even for kids. After I seek and I find, so let's say I saw, come here, baby, whatever. Yeah. So father sent me a wife. He gave it to me. Now he tells me, I go to seek her. He says, she's supposed to be a doctor. I don't know how to do that. So I give him what does she seek. And then I found a doctor. People think I married a doctor. No, built a doctor, pushed a doctor. I took what he gave me, I received from him, and I built her patience. She told me, telling me off, attitude and all. I'm about to quit this, not with my last name. Now I come to find out I'm an apostle with a doctor. When I'm married, I know she's no prophet. Did not know that. That was seeking. Watch this. Now we're at the door knocking. Amen. You see? Now we're at the door knocking. Now we can take what we have and we can kick in doors. Because we asked, we received, we saw, we found, now we're knocking. And how do y'all get here? Because the door got kicked in. <laughs> Everywhere we would go, people would tell me, y'all a power couple. Really? <laughs> we don't see it. We didn't see it. People seen it. Before she got her doctorate degree, they were telling us that. Before I found out I was apostle and I could preach, I was telling teach and preach to everybody. They're like, shut up, boy. I was practicing on everybody, and I appreciate everybody who let me practice. I was seeking. 
But now that the door is open, we in our destiny. And now we can stay here because of wisdom. 